This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This podcast is sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 5000 is the latest digital autopilot providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. It's being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. This week on Hangar Talk, one very happy sweepstakes airplane winner. And continued news about privatization. We're going to talk about all the news from Oshkosh. And we'll talk about some of our favorite memories from AirVenture. All right, Dave, you ready to do the show? Let's do some Hangar Talk, Ian. Welcome to Hangar Talk, everybody. I'm Ian Twombly. And I'm David Tulis. And David, uh, we're outside, live, yeah, so to speak, this you can week. You hear, hear the background wind that's picking up a little bit here at AirVenture. Yeah, so we're sitting out in front of the AOPA tent, um, recording this on Tuesday of Oshkosh Week. Uh, you've been here since, what, Sunday, I, I got think. here Sunday. I came via General Aviation Aircraft. I will not say how I got here. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> probably your pilot started out as a GA uh, yeah, pilot and also right. probably a flight instructor. That's right. That's right. Uh, but, uh, no, we're having a great show so far, and we're going to get into that a little later. But um, let's talk about some of the non-Oshkosh news okay. uh, this week. And we're going to start with our biggest news. This is two years in the making. Oh, man. People have been waiting on this. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to say I'm going to be a little negative, And unless um, he's listening... You have not won the sweepstakes airplane. <laughs> so. I've had several people come up to me already asking about their about their Cessna 172. Yeah, we've got it out front. Uh, it looks great. Everybody's really excited. Drawn a big crowd. Yeah. Two Garmin G5s in that bad boy, Yeah. among other things. It's awesome. Uh, unfortunately for everybody else, we, uh, we did just award the airplane. So Gary Walters uh, from outside of Vegas, I think. Yeah, and he's a, I think he's a line instructor for Allegiant Airlines. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's right, and that's a real awesome. estate agent. And uh, so we use that to our advantage this time. You know, we always try and come up with a surprise. Yeah, I, even I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, we keep it very hush-hush yeah. in the building. I think three people knew what was going on, and that's about it. It was a, it was a need-to-know basis. Exactly. And uh, anyway, it worked out great. We pretended to be a client, uh-huh. and, uh, and so we said, hey, uh, we're thinking about moving to Vegas, uh, buying a townhouse near the airport. Would you come out and meet with us? And uh, of course, you know, Gary no, was there. No good real estate agent's going to pass up a good client. Right. You might as well. And so he came out. We met in the FBO. 
uh-huh. and uh, and Mark Baker awarded him the airplane. And so. he was quite taken aback, very surprised. Yeah, very surprised. Um, super guy, great yeah. winner. Yeah. So everyone's very excited, uh, except for, I suppose, the folks who didn't win. Well, but, we had uh, a few of those come by today, but they're, they're still in luck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we talked about that last time, the uh, Super Cub. The Super Cub on floats, uh, skis, and Tundra tires is right in front of us. Yeah. And all its yellow glory. Well, a stand-in. Yeah, that's right. Stand-in for that one. So I know there are refurbishing or rebuilding or um yeah. rehashing fixing it up yeah the uh the airplane as we speak up in montana so yep. the meggers uh, yeah they're excellent and uh, i had a chance to talk to them a little bit just good down to home folks that really have their heart in aviation yeah and uh you know their history is that they restored a, a super cub number one and it won the what, the gold lindy award up here yeah uh, it doesn't get any better than that that's yeah. the academy award for best picture yeah you got at, it at airventure yeah so they clearly know what they're doing, and absolutely, uh, we're excited. Uh, excited they're on board. I like it. Yeah. All right. So give us the bad news, David. Privatization. Privatization has not gone away, even though folks in Washington are scrambling on uh, for other issues as well. But uh, we actually had a pretty large privatization rally here at AirVenture on Monday, mm. and uh, AOPA as well as EAA, Gamma, and NBAA got together and uh, several hundred folks attended and we in fact at AOPA have a ginormous protest board that you can sign yeah if you signature board mm-hmm. that is rapidly filling up as I look across our shoulders Ian it's there might not be that much room left for more signatures yeah. it's only Tuesday we're gonna have to print some more paper well we can do that yeah but uh, privatization hasn't gone away, and uh, we all know that the air traffic control system does work. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. As an instructor, yeah, sure. have you ever had a, a situation that you can recall where you did have a trouble with ATC? Not trouble, per se. I mean, you know, you try and work in partnership, and sometimes there are disagreements. Yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, they, they, they're professionals. It they seems know what to they're work. doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it works great. It works well, and, and the way the money comes and flows into that and some of the uh, upgrades in the next-gen system coming on board. And actually, as we speak, Mike Collins is right uh, next to us here, and he's our ADSB expert, and he can tell us that that's part of the next-gen project, too. Yeah. And it's coming along nicely. Yeah, so this, this privatization thing is a bad deal. Um, basically, what it does is it takes a government entity and turns right. it over to a monopoly, private monopoly. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly privatization no. in the way most people think about it. It's not. It's a giveaway. It is. And it's, we're talking about billions of dollars that would happen and you know, possibly be given away. Yeah. And who's going to run that? Yeah, exactly. And then what happens if there's trouble? And if there's trouble, uh, could they just like shut down an airfield and say, wait, we're diverting everyone from, I don't know, let's say Chicago O'Hare. Yeah. And uh, y'all are going to New York now. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, it's funny you bring up a good point because it's like uh, Jack Pelton, the uh, the head of EAA, was talking yesterday that uh, about events, special events. Uh huh. It's like you know, you think about something like Oshkosh that's or staffed the, by FAA controllers, or the Super Bowl, yeah, or the World Series, exactly, or the political Masters, conventions, right? Masters, yeah, sure. Uh, it's like there are no guarantees that a private company would have to staff that. Oh, right. And so you think about what could happen to some of these events, and uh, that's scary. Well, and and the other part of that, Ian, is that it affects the economy, too. If those events aren't held, then what about the motels that people stay at, the food they eat, the cars they rent, or the airplane fuel that they you know, purchase if they fly in and that kind of thing. And it just snowballs. And I'm thinking, you know, for the regular traveling public that take commercial airlines, it really won't be a better deal for them at all anyway. No, no, it's not going to help. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, 
right now what's going on is uh, it's the whip process, they call it. Right. So uh, in Congress, um, Representative Schuster and his folks are going around to everybody in the House trying to whip votes, trying to gain votes. And so they're they're lobbying uh, on on their behalf to, yep. to get that to get that bill across. Yeah, and they're starting to, get to play some hardball. votes on the bill. They are really starting to play hardball. A lot uh, of pressure. Yeah. up there. Yeah, and so we're going to do the same thing. We already have been doing the same thing. Yep, um, we're going to do it even uh, more. That's right. So last time we talked a little bit about how you can get involved. Right. So um, I want to talk a, just for a second about that again. This is HR Bill two nine. Nine seven, or of course two nine or nine or seven. Okay. Uh, and we've got this really cool thing, which is an eight hundred number. You call it up. There's a recorded voice that tells you what the issue is. Right. And then all you have to do is punch in your zip code, and you're automatically directed to your representative's office. And can you leave them a message? Do you talk to a human, or you do well, email? What do you do? Depends on how on the ball your representative is. I called mine yesterday. Right. And uh, and he somebody from his office answered. Okay. They. You know, they just want to lodge a call, and so they say, "What are you calling about?" I said, uh, "It says right on this card. It's like I oppose HR two nine nine seven. I strongly want the representative to vote against it." And it's that simple. And it's that simple. And they ask for your name, your telephone number, your address, and that's it. That's good. It's great and clean so, and easy to do. Yeah. Okay. So I want to give the eight hundred number. So listen up. Let's um, let's hear it. Yeah. If you're driving, you know, it's like replay, so you can hear this later and take it down. It's one eight. Five five three eight three seven three three zero. So in case you didn't catch that, in case you didn't get it, eight five five. Now I feel like a commercial. Seventy three thirty. Eight five five three eight three seventy three thirty or aopa.org slash take action if you're a portable device user or computer user. Do it. Do it. Call your rep. Tell them to vote no. Two nine nine seven. It's really important. Does the three eight three seventy three thirty equate to? I'm putting you on the spot. Equate to any slogan? Uh, it does not. I but, wish it uh, did. Maybe we'll make one up and uh, okay. <laughs> figure well, out what it stands for. Any of our podcast <laughs> listeners that catch this, you know, feel free to let us know what what words we can fashion with those numbers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like that. All right, uh, let's talk about Oshkosh. We're here. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's ev- what everybody's going on in the aviation world is going on here this week. So we were talking before the show. We're trying to, there's so much news, we can't cover all of it. So we're going to boil it down. Okay. Let's start out. This is one you and I have both seen. We've talked about this a lot. Non-TSO and autopilots. And so in layman's terms, we're looking at equipment that the FAA is now uh, letting general aviation pilots and Sir, is it certificated, certified, yeah, certified aircraft, yeah, put in their cockpits for safety of flight, yeah, or situational awareness. Mm-hmm. So these are usually less expensive options than we've had in the past. Yeah. So I guess that would mean that more people could get to them. We hope so. And then uh, the, there's just a slew of autopilots that jumped on board in the last week. Yeah. So you know, if you remember, it's like this has not been going on very long, and I think it's you almost have to remind yourself of that because. It was what? It was, I, th- I guess, here last year that we started to talk about this, you know, yeah. the G5 and the Dynon, the D10, these non-TSO'd and certified airplanes. And in that time, it's like we've gotten now the G5 dual setup. Dynon's increased its STC base. Yeah. We've got Cubcrafters came out this week. That was a, huge. That was huge. They introduced a uh, non-TSO panel, basically. Yeah, the entire panel for a certified airplane. And so that, um, and we talked to Dave Hirschman about this, that will open the door, we think, for a lot of other aircraft uh, users, owners, 
manufacturers to do the same thing. Yep. And then the last one, which um, last series of things, which I honestly I, I never thought would happen. It's like I could have seen the FAA, you know, AOA complimentary stuff. Angle of attack of, stuff yeah. is huge. That's it is safety huge. of flight. You need it. Yeah, but it's like uh, it's outside the field of view. You already have your primary it's, stuff. It's, it's like, still kind of expensive too. It is, and it's like that's the stuff that they I thought they would focus on. But right. Just you know, in the past couple of months, autopilot. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. But but you know a lot of aircraft have those in them yeah. and uh, you know even seventies uh, and eighties they were popular you know add-ons and pi a lot of pipers came with those autopilots yeah and at this point you know a lot of owners might be thinking about upgrading anyway as they look at their panel for things like ADSB for things like you know more situational awareness with uh, with you know map references and all yeah. so autopilots. Yeah, that's huge. It is huge. And the, the price has come down. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. A yeah. lot. Yeah, it is amazing. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, when you look at the ads, I, I always thought, you know, if you're looking in the 172 sort of Cherokee range, it's yeah. like you're probably, you know, you're going to get conventional instruments, single, maybe dual radio. Not great, you know, but it's right. like I could see a couple of years from now. The market just having tons of like G5s with autopilots and you know connected iPads and it is really I, exciting. I, th I think it will open the door for a lot of future innovation and there's a lot more on the horizon to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, including some of the cool stuff they did uh, down in Bermuda with the America's Cup. There are these microelectronic devices that one day might help us as you know some type of stall sensor or angle yeah. of attack indicator, so remote cool. kind of a deal. Yeah. But the autopilot world, I mean, folks who have an autopilot right now. Man, it would be so cool to be able to put one in for so much less money than, yeah. than what one costs well, it's like right half, now. Half, half, basically. Yeah, or yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so that's something to keep our eye on. And then what I, I wonder what other types of non TSO innovations will be out there or what we can do right now. What, what do you think, Ian, will be the next thing? Oh, boy, good question. Basically, what I think is going to happen is as this opens up, prices are just going to keep going down and down and okay. down. Because, more affordable, more accessible. Yeah, because yeah. as the market gets bigger uh -huh. and they get some economies of scale going, uh, I mean, it's all relative in aviation. It's like you're never going to get a huge economy of scale, but a little more. Yeah. I just think competition is going to go way up, and, yeah, I think we're, we're just going to continue to benefit. The um, interesting thing about the, the whole FAA um, situation of being a little bit more touchy-feely is that I had the privilege to go to one of their, um, basically one of their meetings about a year ago, and it was all about data, data yeah. information, and uh, that sort of opened the door, sort of turned the doorknob, if you will, to open the door towards this type of, you know, different, you know, feeling that they have. Yeah. And uh, at that point, they were talking about opening the door to the to the data vault that they have, and let you know private enterprise do what private enterprise does best, which is come up with cool solutions. Yeah. And uh, so that happened, and uh, with with folks with a lot a lot of portable devices and things like that, Sky Vector and ForeFlight and all. But uh, I never thought it would lead to this non TSO on the avionics. Yeah. It's it's fantastic how fast it's been. Really cool. So maybe they're related, but the second theme we want to talk about is the economy. Oh, yeah. All signs, as far as I can tell, are pointing up. Yeah, I tell you, the first thing that I noticed was that it was crowded here at AirVenture. Now, I know people think that's a misnomer. It's always crowded. Yeah. But it's, it's more crowded this year than I've seen it in the past past couple of years that I've been up here. Yeah. And um, and in, uh, Dick Nepinski, uh, EAA's uh, press liaison, it said that the aircraft camping area closed down on Sunday night, and that, that means it closed down. It was full wow. by Sunday night. It's wow, usually not till Monday or sometimes Tuesday. That's great. So that's an early crowd, yep. and it's a big crowd. Yep. 
That's fantastic. That's the first thing. More people. Yeah, and I heard also that their pre-show ticket sales were up 13%. That's a good amount. It is good. I and, like that. You know, it's funny because it's like you wouldn't take even one show, even one Oshkosh or, you know, two data points and say, oh, we got a trend here. But if you remember, Sun and Fun was the same way. Okay. And so I think it's we're starting to see some sustained growth there. It's really Really cool. And I think some of the manufacturers we've spoken to have also said that they were having pretty strong year so far. Yeah. Which is nice to hear. And uh, you were at uh, Cirrus or Piper? Uh, I was at uh, TBM at, at, at TBM. Dahar today. Okay. Uh, they were saying they have had their best year since 2008. That's good to hear. Which is fantastic. They've already put out 25 airplanes this year. They're on pace to do more than 50. Nice. Um, and then I guess you heard some from Piper that things are going well there. Things are going well for Piper. They're a little bit ahead of schedule. And uh, we went to a, a Cirrus event um, the other night. And, you know, that first of all, that whole area was super crowded yeah a lot of people there yeah and i think that vision jet spurring a lot of interest in aviation not necessarily just in jets yeah but just hey one day maybe i could fly a jet like that so let me see what it takes to get my certificate yeah i think that is the fact that there's an allure out there might be drawing more people to aviation yeah i to i could totally see that absolutely there's yeah. another thing that I was uh, talking to you about just before the show is that Boeing released their basically their jobs numbers yeah. for the next 20 years. And they are also seeing a continued growth in the pilot sector. Hmm. A huge need. There's a huge need for pilots. Also, there's a huge need for mechanics. About the 650,000, Ian, pilots and about 650,000 wow. uh, mechanics. Wow. But the surprising part of it as the wind picks up a little bit here. The surprising part of it was that almost 900,000 cabin crew members will be needed in the next 20 Ooh. years. Wow. I never would have thought about that. Wow. That is pretty amazing. It is. It yeah, is. Those are huge numbers. So um, entering the aviation field at this point, someone who's uh, interested in STEM subjects in school, this would be a good field to enter Yeah. at this time. I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Yeah. Nothing but growth for the next 20 years. Yeah. And so also related to that um, is I, the third theme that I think we want to talk about, which is changes at the show. Okay. How many years have you been coming? Well, for us, this is my third year in a okay. row, and then I flew my air coop up here from Atlanta. Cool. So really right, just, We'll talk about that later. I'll okay, hear that just story. Four, four times. Okay. So, you know, definitely, uh, what, over a span of... 10 years, probably at least yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've been coming, I think this is my ninth or 10th year. Right. Uh, for work. I came when I was a kid, but you know, obviously you don't notice these things. You, Pelton talked about this and, and it's funny because now that he sort of said this was their strategy, I completely see it. When you walk around the grounds, it has a much different feel here than it did just a few years ago. It's a little more diversified, I think, in subject matter. And by that, I mean the, the different exhibits, the different aircraft that are here, yeah. things that are not aircraft that are here. Yeah. There's not a standout hmm. one thing, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, because I remember as a kid, it's like the Concorde. I, that's yeah. all I remember from the show. Just got to like come Concorde see that. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, we do have twin B-29s here, which is a huge deal. It is huge. But uh, but if you, as you look around, there's innovation in, in the aircraft that are uh, coming over from Europe. There's a whole new new suite of aircraft that we might see over here, and you know before not too long. There's a lot of interest in the like we're looking at this Piper Super Cub on floats. There seems to be a lot of interest in that outdoorsy feel, yeah, and how aviation could get you there. Yep. And um, 
And the electronic revolution, of course, we talked about. Yeah, they're doing uh, what? The drone cage is relatively new. Yeah. They have an innovation center. Yeah. The pilot proficiency center with 14 simulate yep. simulators from Redbird. And, and also, uh, Frasca has demonstrators on site and several other companies that are concentrating on simulators and that's another key area that's growing in the past few years has grown quite a lot is you know simulator simulator time they can be counted towards your certificate yeah they uh what down at the ultralight area they're doing the valdez stole oh that is so cool to watch if so, you haven't seen that you've got to do it yeah they've got uh gosh what else they've got of course the night air shows that's really um, pretty blue angels this year which it's interesting they were talking about that i know people have always asked why don't the jet teams come to Oshkosh? Right. And so he explained it really well. Basically, they have a larger protected area than okay. the normal air show does. Yes. And they're, so they have to push the crowd back more. Well, so they push the crowd back, which I always thought was a limitation. But right. it's like they figured that out. They That's a, that's not a big deal. It's actually non-airport property. It's it's property around the community. Oh, so they have to secure that. Yeah. I they see. actually they have like 35 people who have to leave their house. Okay. And a bigger deal probably is that they have Oshkosh trucks just off the end of the airport, huge defense contractor that okay. runs three shifts. Oh. They have to close down during oh, the show. Oh, so that hurts their hurts their business, hurts yeah. their economy. And, yeah. Right. And plus you need safety equipment scattered throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of could understand that. Yeah. Although I must say the snowbirds that were here last year, it was like that aerial ballet was too cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. So, so yeah, I mean, it's like there's different stuff literally i mean they're doing a huge bomber review this year yeah um, there was a tribute to bob hoover yesterday yeah yep. uh, who uh, left oh. who left us too soon in a lot of people's opinion a, yeah. a gracious uh, air show performer and a wonderful individual yeah no i agree and then i think the the thing that that i'm excited about but wish i could be here i'm going to be gone is is the apollo oh yeah uh, tribute which i think is going to be amazing and uh i remember when uh, man first landed on the moon i was alive so i'm ancient <laughs> but i remember you know watching that uh on a black and white tv and uh you know, i was a little kid yeah. I, mean, I wasn't that old but yeah. i was a little kid and but it was too cool now let's follow up with one thing real quick if you don't mind me yeah. saying this uh what was blue feather what was blue origin blue origin yes well, that's another great example the yeah blue origin and the space capsule that's yes. right there yeah the, right, their logo right the their plaza. logo is a feather that's what i'm yeah, mixing yeah. me up and you could get in the space capsule here on Boeing Square, yeah. And uh, and you hear a little bit about uh, their their projects to outer space, you know, this private company doing that. And then the the the, the booster rockets right there too. Yeah. So it is really cool. They've got celebrating the history yeah. and then looking forward. Looking forward, right? Yeah, it is really cool. And you know, a lot of people are fond of saying that we have more computing power in in our hip pocket than uh, than than the original astronauts did in Mercury yeah. and even Gemini and Apollo. Yeah. So uh, aviation's come a long way in a short time, if you really, really think has. about it. Yep, yeah, it really has. Great. Well, so let's let's keep the reminiscing going just a little bit. Okay. Uh, we thought we'd do something a little different this week since we're at the show, and uh, we're going to go around and talk to some folks and and talk about hear about their memories of the yeah. show, uh, what they love about Oshkosh, why they come, where they're coming from, what they fly, uh -huh. and uh, and just hear what they have to say. So I want to start with you. Okay. So tell me about your first Oshkosh. My first Oshkosh, um, as I started to mention a little while ago, was when I flew my air coop up here from Atlanta, Georgia. It was a 1946 415C model, and it took me two days to get here. Cool. Now, um, and I, I didn't rush it. You know, and you don't rush anywhere in an air coop anyway. <laughs> but I packed a, uh, a backpack. 
full of my camping gear because I was a big camper. Yeah. Uh, you know, a hiker kind of camp camper person. And I packed all that in there, and I flew up here. I met the Air Coop group, um, you know, outside of Oshkosh, 30, 40 miles away. It was pretty traditional. A lot of people do that in different type clubs. And we flew in in mass. So it was um, a mass arrival. And I parked over in the vintage aircraft area, set up a tent, camped out, you know, cooked my coffee over there in front of, nice. front of my airplane. Probably weren't supposed to do that, but uh, whatever. did that. And uh, it was really cool. I mean, I, I, I tent camped, and uh, I was here by myself, although I was married at the time, but I was here by myself. Oh, wow. And my wife gave me permission to go. <laughs> but um, it was awesome. And it was like you meet so many people. The camaraderie is unbelievable. Yeah. And if you don't know somebody now, you will in a minute. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are missing. Yeah. They don't come up here. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, it sounds a little trite because we talk about it these days, but it is a community. You feel a sense of community when you're in a place like this. And a lot of people go to the, the, they'll gather together at the same places on the same day each year. In fact, I think you and your dad went somewhere just last night. We uh, did. Somewhere new for you New, I know. But but normally you would go to like there's a popular place called what's it called Friar Tucks or something. Yeah, like that. that's what a lot of the campers go to because it's right there on it's the side of the field. It's real close to the airport. And, yeah, and yeah. any number of places. But it's really cool and there's good entertainment. I'm sad to say I missed uh, this year. I missed Bare Naked Ladies last night mm. performing, which one of their musicians is a pilot. Yeah, that's the whole tie-in. Yeah. So, um, cool. but yeah, when I was here before, it was great camping. The aircoop group was just awesome, and uh, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Now, it was not real uh, easy to get here. Yeah. And it's an effort. Yeah. And a lot of people make an effort. One guy flew his, uh, it's called a twister, I think, from England oh, to get wow. here. Yeah, this is a single person, low wing, you know, single engine aircraft. Awesome. But uh, that's a pretty big effort. Yeah, My effort wasn't, that, wasn't quite that big, <laughs> but. Um, but I, I, can I tell a funny story about? Yeah, yeah. Up? So I was uh, so I landed for a fuel, I think in Gary, Indiana, uh, somewhere like that, uh, before I came up through Chicago, and I was headed to Madison, Wisconsin, to meet my brother-in-law. Okay. And so I, uh, you know, got the weather and everything, and uh, you know, I, was, I always like to get flight following, because you know the ATC system is not broken. Yeah. So I got <laughs> flight following, and I told him I was you know Air Coop two four zero four hotel, and so they routed me up the uh, side of uh, Lake Michigan. Right near Chicago, right, right in in the lake, just in front of the city, and then cleared cool. me through Class B. Nice over the middle of Chicago, and they they said zero uh, four hotel. Do you have the wind advisory? And I was going about hundred <laughs> miles an hour, and I said zero four hotel. Roger that. So I turned west, and I went from a hundred ground speed to thirty. <laughs> miles an hour on my little affordable uh, that's GPS. why they asked yeah they did ask and yeah. i was like i thought i knew it all you know yeah i got that yeah took forever to get to madison and of course uh you know the sun was setting and you know and then fuel was starting to be a concern of mine and yeah uh, i would have done it differently <laughs> today that's great that's what memories are made of yeah that's right oh cool what about right. your first uh Air venture experience. Do you uh, remember? I do. I was either 12 or 14. I think I was 12. Uh, I came uh, with my dad. Yeah. And um, all your of da us. Your dad's a big pilot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He. Uh, in fact, we flew up here in a. I think it was a 210. Uh huh. Um, I've got a picture of me wearing oxygen. Um, oh wow. At the time, you know, look cannulas or something. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I just remember. Uh, we. I remember. It's funny, at that age, I remember it being a little boring, I have to say, right. because, you know, it's like when your dad's working, you just follow him around everywhere, and what you want to do is go run around and have fun, so yep. 
Uh, but I remember some of the events, and I remember the Concord. Um, the Concord was cool. I have pictures of me standing in the, you know, sitting in the cockpit with my hands on the throttles, and uh, and I really treasure it. I just think that was an amazing sight. Absolutely, yeah. and that was such a hugely popular uh, airplane. What is going on over your shoulder? <laughs> this is like there's a woman on top of a. Not a motorcycle, but it's no. a three-wheel motorcycle. It looks like a Mad wing- Max thing. Yeah, with wings that are flapping. Yeah. yeah. Podcast listeners, you got to come to Oshkosh for Air Venture. <laughs> so Ian, yeah, the Concorde. Yeah. Um, and and so and well, that and I, was a huge experience for you. And it was, and it was funny because I remember at that even at that age, I was thinking about how my dad knew the guy who was I don't I think he might have been the pilot, and I think he flew for BA. I think it was a BA Concorde. Uh-huh. And I just remember thinking like, oh, my dad's a rock star, dude. Like he yeah. knows somebody. At the show, and I just thought that was the coolest thing. Oh yeah. So. Oh, your then, dad is a rock star. Yeah, I mean, well, and uh, <laughs> don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> but now, he, you, know, you grew up a little bit uh, in an aviation family, and so you took after your dad a little bit. Yeah. And you've come up here as an adult as well, and, uh, and for work. Now yeah. you're working. Yeah, and I've actually I'm thinking about bringing my son in a couple of years. That so. would be great. Yeah. So now you are here as an adult. Let me ask you. Yeah. I, you know, thinking about the several years you've been here uh, for a. OPA. Got any favorite memories from from those last half dozen or nine years or so? Yeah, you know, it's I uh, I really like. It's funny because when you're a kid and you watch the aerial, you know, demonstrations, the right. air show, um, you sort of marvel at it because you think, well, it's really cool. There's an airplane, you know, it's tumbling through the sky. Um, but then you become a pilot. You do a little bit of basic aerobatics. You do a little formation flying, and then you really get impressed with yeah. what these guys and, and women do. It is, and so now I just sit there and I just marvel. At the flying, honestly. I just think it's incredible. They're so precise. Yeah. And these guys plan it out to the max. I was, uh, I had the unique opportunity to hang out for a little while with Sean D. Tucker yesterday. Cool. And it was really interesting, Ian. And I know this is probably old hat to you, but they, they walked the, uh, the aerobatic routine on the ramp. Yeah. Uh, between he and, uh, and Cameron Jacksheimer, they walked around and closed their eyes and then did the maneuvers and with their hands substituting for aircraft before, cool. you know, and they, then they did a briefing. Then, of course, they flew it. Yeah. So, nice. so you plan it, you uh, brief it, then you fly the briefing, right? Nice. Nice. But that was cool. So now you, so you're impressed with the spectacular performances but yeah. also what goes into it yeah that's right and then i would say it's not one single thing that i've seen or or uh, you know a collection of stuff it's people honestly it's like you come every year and you see friends yeah and you see the same people and uh that's really helpful and in a way it's like coming home you know yeah it is i saw so. a fr- friend of ours that i made just recently mike jesh with the cessna pilot society just saw him walking up uh, in the north 40 area yeah uh, People, we we should tell people what the North Forty is. Oh yeah, the the lingo. The, the so that's Osh like lingo. the general aviation parking. That's where a lot of the type clubs park. Yeah, and it's on it's on the north side of the field. Is that why it's called the North Forty? Yeah, I've heard people call it the Back Forty back and 40, stuff okay. like that too. Same same idea. Um, yep, yep. So they're parked a little bit away from Show Center. We, there's a Warbird parking area. Yep. There's uh, which is getting a little bit closer to Show Center. Then there's Show Center. There's a lot of home builds near Show Center because yep. that's the heritage of EAA yep. and home builds. And then what? To a little bit further down to the right, we come across the vintage aircraft. Yeah. And then if you venture closer towards the woods, you see the light sports and the yeah, power the paragliders, the ultralights. Yeah. yeah. And those folks are rocking out yeah. there. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are having a blast. Oh, uh, that's cool. Because they can come and go and take off and land in a little airfield right over there. Yeah, it's super strip. cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So ask me what my favorite recent memory is here at AirVenture. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, are you asking me what my memory yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? You do, you, I well, you know, you're, you're such a polite Southerner. It's like, they, hey, what's your most? What's your favorite recent memory from Osh? I'm going to tell you what it was. It was <laughs> it was yesterday it was flying with Sean Tucker. I bet. I was not in his plane. I was in a chase plane. But today it was flying with the Phillips 66 air show crew because those guys were having fun. And uh, awesome. so I shot a little video. I shot some stills. And I'm going to write a little story about it. But, Again, we're talking about folks who have a passion for aviation yeah. that are just, you know, off the charts. And uh, Paul and Dave, who I, I flew with, were just these guys live, breathe, and sleep aviation. Yeah, you it's got the it. coolest thing. Yeah. And and when you look around here at Air Venture, you see a lot of people like that. Yeah, that's so true. Absolutely. Well, let's let's see them. Let's meet some of these folks. Okay. Walk around and um, have them share their memories and just tell us what Oshkosh is to them. All right, sounds good, Ian. What's your name, please? Vern Johnson. First came here in 1994, and I flew a 172 back from Oregon. Uh, and where are, you, where are you from originally? Where? I'm from Oregon. Where do you stay when you come to Oshkosh? Actually, we're staying with some friends in their house over in Winnicani. What do you like to do when you come? See everything that's new. Try and not let my wife see exactly what I'm looking at and how much it costs. <laughs> and do you come with your wife? Yeah, she's here. She left me alone to go pick him up, so that's a mistake. <laughs> uh, tell me about your, your favorite Oshkosh memory. You know, the first one probably is always the most memorable because I slept under the wing, and, and to come back here in a 172, I had about 150 hours when I started flying back here. And so everything about the flight coming and landing in Oshkosh, as I'm just beyond being a student pilot, you know, new. It was, it was, it was just fun. I mean, the theater in the woods, all the people that was here. Bob Hoover, we can't forget Bob Hoover, and just it's kind of like, it's a pilot's candy store. That's how I would, when I talk about it, we're on our way to the candy store. You know. So, so uh, what are what are some things you feel like when you come you can't miss stuff you have to see every year have to see Garmin because Garmin's kind of taking the place of all of the others and there's some always nipping at their heels but they haven't caught Garmin but Bendix King was there for a long time and so were a lot of others but they're there now and I you know air shows they can't do many things different up in the air anymore but this year we've been down through the warbirds and just the memories and all the things that our parents talked to us about yeah that was pretty awesome that's one thing I really don't want to miss it's always going down and looking at all the airplanes down there. So. Tell me your names if you would. Uh, I'm Ken. This is Kevin. Yep, Kevin. Hey. Yep. Where are you guys from? Uh, we're from upstate New York out of Lake George. Okay. Yep. And you said first Oshkosh? Yep. First time here. That's great. And how'd you get here? Uh, we flew in. We're camped uh, at Fond du Lac Airport. Okay. What'd you fly? Uh, Cherokee Warrior. Okay. Yep. Um, so what do you think so far? Uh, it's big. It's yeah, very fun. <laughs> very nice. It's so much to see, it's just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Favorite thing you've seen so far? Uh, I couldn't pick one thing. It's just so much. <laughs> what, what about you? Favorite thing? 
Um, same as him. I can't really choose one thing out of all the other great things. It's just yeah. all amazing here. And uh, how long have you been flying? I've uh, been flying since the mid-80s. For the first time? Yep. What changed this year that allowed you to come? I just got back into flying a couple of years ago, and he just started his training, so got a plane and decided to make the trip. Yep. And uh, how long are you here? We're here for the whole week. Okay. Yep. And why'd you decide to camp in Fond du Lac and not into Oshkosh? Uh, Oshkosh was full by the time we got up to the uh, Ripon checkpoint. So your plan was to, to stay right. right over then. Yeah, yeah we ended up out. diverting over. But it's worked out. That's great. Yep. They have a bus, don't they, that takes you? Yeah, there's a shuttle that'll carry you back and forth each day. Nice. Yep. So it's not too bad. Good. Good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Have a good, uh, have a good time. You too. Take care. All right. My name is Matt Safarian. And my name is Shelby Safarian. And where are you guys from? Reno, Nevada. And uh, how many uh, how many Oshkoshes have you been to? This, this is, is our third. Yes, yeah. third one in a row, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. And uh, how'd you get here? Ooh, uh, honeymoon. <laughs> that was the first time. Yeah, the first the time we, we came was came for to honeymoon. Oshkosh on our honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we um, we'd love to fly here in our own plane. We have a 172, um, but we've been taking commercial because uh, we just can't take the time off yet to actually fly here in our own plane. So. But it's on a bucket list. Yeah. It's going to happen <laughs> probably within the next two, three times. We'll fly the 172 out here. Cool. And um, so honeymoon. So how'd you guys meet then? Um, so we actually met through music. We're both musicians. Uh, so we met through a mutual friend in Texas. Um, and then uh, we've always been interested individually in flying and, and in airplanes. And, and he finally decided to get his pilot's license. I pushed him to, pushed him to do it. Um, and uh, so this just made perfect sense for us to come and celebrate you know, part of our relationship this way. So. so now it's become an anniversary celebration for us every time we come back. That's awesome. So where do you stay when you come? Uh, we stay out in Camp Schuller <laughs> in a little tent. Um, we, we also love to backpack on the side, so we will pack up our backpacking gear into one big bag um, and rent a little car in, at O'Hare, drive out here, and we stay in Camp Schuller. So, uh, yeah, we're up, we're up by the entrance right now and met a lot of really cool people. That's great. So, um, favorite Oshkosh memory so far ever? Last year, the Martin Mars was awesome. Uh, seeing two B-29s fly together, I mean, just the hist I think the historic element of it, but I mean, I ran into uh, the owner of the flight school where I trained in Carson City, so obviously a big portion of Oshkosh is just people and, and making connections with people or running into people in the, in the community of aviation, so I, a lot of the connections we've made have been memorable too. Um, so I would say for me, uh, it's not a single moment, um, but I, I'm currently working on my pilot's license, um, and I only have a few hours, uh, but I fly a lot uh, with my husband, Matt. Um, so I think for me, every time I, I go to tell someone and they ask me about it, normally I may feel a little shy or embarrassed that I have so few hours, um, but here, every single person is so excited and um, is, you know, inspiring and pumps me up and, and really encourages me to, to keep going. And so, I, yeah, I think I agree. It's the people. It's the community. Um, and then, I mean, you know, you have a B1 passing by, so <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. One of the DC-3s was flown in by a woman, and as soon as they had kind of parked and people gathered around, there was a gentleman that walked up and said to the, he didn't know that she had flown it in, and he, he said to her, wow, you're the best looking stewardess that I've ever seen. 
and uh, it was pretty awesome. It was, that was one of my favorite moments of this time because she was like stewardess, and her, and her husband was right there, and he was like, yeah, she's the pilot. And she's the captain. And yeah. that, was, that, was, that was a great moment. Moments like that, to me, are, are priceless. So, so are you, uh, have you already made plans for how to bring your kids here when you make that next step? Is that, uh, have you had that discussion yet? Yeah, I mean, we we've we've just talked about uh, in general um, when we when we do make that next step, what does that look like as pilots? You know, how how can we incorporate them in, into the plane and into an event like this? And um, maybe have to stay in hotel. <laughs> maybe can maybe won't be able to stay in Camp Scholar right uh, right away. Um, but we we definitely plan on on getting our kids out there as soon as possible. Um, so it's something that they're acclimated to and used to and, and grow up with. We you, you don't look so sure. We, well, we were, no, it's funny. We were hanging around the campfire last night, and uh, there was a gentleman there who was kind of bemoaning the fact that he's a he's a J3 Cub owner, but his none of his four children have any interest in flying. So we spent the better part of an hour like counseling him on this this uh, deep seated family issue to try to get uh, to to get him some professional help or, or not so professional help and how he could get his his family into into aviation and his his children into aviation so I hope that doesn't happen to us because we're so passionate about it and we both love it and it actually got us thinking about man what if our kids are like that I, I hope we run into people like us who give us that uh, that hour of uh, dedicated counsel on how to handle that my name is Al Mulder and where are you from Al? Midland Michigan and uh, how many years have you been coming to Oshkosh? Well, I probably have a total of about maybe 15, something like that. I first came here in 1974. And uh, how do you get here? Uh, I drove. We would normally fly, but uh, I, I have never flown in here. But uh, uh, my friend flies in here a lot, but uh, he used to be a pilot for uh, Ford Motor Company, and we drove his Ford over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, why, why do you come to Oshkosh? Well, I came here this year uh, for the whole week, and I'm volunteering. I'm driving, or I'm on the uh, trams. I'm the conductor, and my friend uh, uh, Dick is the uh, driver. Okay. And so, um, what made you decide to, to volunteer? Well, he's been doing it for the last five, six years, and he talked me into it. <laughs> so far, it's been a great experience. I've met a lot of neat people, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've met people from all over the world, and I met people that live 10 miles away from my house. <laughs> yeah. When you say you're going to volunteer, do they assign you something, or did no, you are, sign up are. for a tram? We actually uh, set up for the tram, yeah, already months and months ago, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so when you come, what's something, if somebody asks you on a ride, what do I have to see while I'm here? What, what would you tell them? For sure, the air show, and... Uh, just a lot of the newer planes and different designs and stuff. And it's just, there's just everything's happening here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, tell me about your favorite Oshkosh memory. Well, I, I guess the first time I came here, uh, it was uh, 1974. I'd never even heard of Oshkosh, but I had been over to Europe and uh, I'd been flying over there with uh, somebody that was going to come to Oshkosh. And I had never heard of Oshkosh before. So, he ended up later on flying over, I'm from Canada originally, I live in the States now, but he came over to Toronto and we drove over here. Now, we went across the ferry at the Badger out of Ludington. We didn't have reservations, so we left the car there and we came on foot. 
and we talked to people from Oshkosh, going to Oshkosh, and we, we got here, like basically bummed a ride, and we hitchhiked home. And at that time, Oshkosh was much different. And we spent our nights, you know, we, had, we brought a sleeping bag, but we, we just slept under somebody's wing out there, you know, and it was, I mean, Oshkosh was probably a quarter of the size of what it is now. It's certainly not the same. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. That is very cool. And did I ask you, uh, where do you stay now when you come? We're staying at uh, Ripon College in the dorms. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think? Do you miss camping or is it is a step up? Uh, I'm not a real camper. It's good. But the, the dorm room I have is uh, about the size of this patch. Here. <laughs> it's like you're a kid again. Yeah. 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 yeah it's good. My name is Brian Lanco. My name is Isaac Lanco. And where are you guys from? We're from Oshkosh, born and bred, and we live and breathe aviation because of EAA and Air Venture. Um, I grew up with it in the 70s when it first started, and Isaac's, um, this is a huge draw for him at this age. And um, because of EAA, he's had, been, had the opportunity to meet so many interesting people and pilots that this is better than Christmas for him, actually, this week. He literally counts it down throughout the year can't you know you just can't wait to get back out here so we're here every day as long as we can every day for all week for the last three years so this is it's just the beginning of a family tradition for father son for us there's two other sons in the family but Ike's got the aviation bug and um, we'll be back tomorrow and the next day and the following days until it's over and then mope until it happens again next year so what's your favorite thing to see while you're here um, my favorite thing to see here is probably the Boeing Plaza or maybe the Warbirds because I really find the military planes interesting. And tell me, how old are you? I am 11. Okay. And do your friends do this during the summer too? Um, some of them. Some of them have interests into like rockets, NASA. Other friends have other interests. And so what, uh, what about this year? What, what have you seen that's your favorite so far? Um, I like the B-1. I'm waiting for the B-2 stealth bomber to fly over and probably the two B-29s. And what about you, Dad? What's your favorite thing to see here? Um, for me, it's through Isaac, I get to see the, the rarity of some of the different planes. He'll actually tell me which ones to take pictures of that I haven't in the past because he knows how rare they are. And so for me, the excitement is the aviation itself, obviously the draw of the airplanes, but to see him get the bug for aviation, that's really what draws me back here because every day, I may be tired in the morning, but he's up by seven o'clock saying, let's go dad, let's see what's up today, you know? And that's, that's just the drive for me is to see him smile and also enjoy the airplanes and the aviation, the people myself. And uh, he's been fortunate enough over the years to meet, you know, people like Luca Bertosio. We became friends with him. Luca took Isaac up flying one year and I actually let him fly the glider when he was nine, you know, when Luca was taking him, giving him a, a flight out of uh, Wapaka. And because of that connection, we've even been on, fortunate enough to be on the, the B-17 with Sean Elliott and Luca Bertosio's help. We were fortunate enough to join that crew that day. And so just that opportunity in itself is a once in a lifetime thing that can only happen here. Through the people that we've met and from Oshkosh, it's just a beautiful thing. We're fortunate to have it. You've seen all this cool stuff and you're gonna come year after year. So what, what about when you grow up? What, what do you wanna do with it? Um, when I grew up, I wanna be an aerobatic pilot like Rob Holland because he inspires me and uh, I want to fly an Edge 540. Cool, cool. Uh, and tell me about Oshkosh, the town, uh, since you're local. Do people feel like 
uh, the show's an inconvenience, get out of town, or do they embrace it? Do they love it? What, what's the thought? It's no, Oshkosh. As far as when EA is not happening, it's a different. There's a different different atmosphere. When it's happening, it definitely changes the whole dynamic of the city. And overall, the majority of the people are very supportive because it's the one that one week or two when we get to see people from all over the world. And you know, a lot of people just they may not come to the grounds themselves, but just having that excitement in the town and being able to see the aircraft. It's it's pretty exciting week for everybody. Sure, there's a couple of people that have to do their day job, but they're just jealous that they can't be out here. <laughs> I think that's when you hear you know traffic complaints or something. But that's overall the people that I know just love it, and I take off every year all week just so we can be out here. It's, it's definitely a good thing to have it here, and I you know I hope it always stays here because it would be a shame if it went anywhere else. But if it did, we'd be moving. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> He's already told me that. <laughs> All right, David, I think we got to bring it to an end. No, unfortunately. I'm yeah. not ready to go yet. Yeah. Well, we got to go back to work. You know, this we is are a, working. This is our fun time. <laughs> Listen, next year we'll do our Oshkosh show, but also okay, I can't uh, wait. keep us in mind for two weeks from now. We'll get back to the normal format, back okay. to the news, back in the office. All right. Well, thank you again for tuning in to Hangar Talk. I'm David Tulis. I'm Ian Twombly. Our editor is Austin Hansen. And don't forget, you can catch us at aopa.org slash hangartalk. Find us at uh, Sporty's Takeoff app, and we're on iTunes. All right, we'll see you next time. See y'all at Hanker Talk.